Hey everybody, welcome back into the Sports Plus Podcast. This is our first one of 2020. We've been off for a few weeks, but we're back. Going to try and stay on schedule this year. You should expect new episodes every Tuesday. I'm Corey Miller here with Andy Moeller, Ahmad Hicks, and Frank Cusimano. Uh, let's talk blues first year. It's been a while since we had a podcast. It's been a while since we talked blues. Mm-hmm. They've lost three in a row right now on a West Road trip that looked like a West Road trip from like a few years ago when they used to go out there and just get beat up and down California. Uh, they're still so they lost three in a row and they're still five points up on any team in the West. That's just how good it's been for the Blues in this first half of the season. They're now back home for their longest stretch of the season, three weeks at home. Some pretty subpar competition come up, at least if you believe the standings, so they can make some hay here. First thing, since it's been a while, Bennington hasn't been nearly as good this year as he has last year, if you just look at the numbers, but, I mean, that's to be expected. He was ridiculous when he first burst onto the scene. Seven goals last game against Colorado, but overall, he and Jake Allen together have formed a really good tandem that has helped carry this team, and especially Jake Allen, because I don't think anybody saw him being this good again. I didn't. That may have been the longest opening monologue since Carson in his prime. Well, I have to fit. I have to fit in a few words because I, I know I'm not going to get much words here at the end once you start taking. Over, All right, Frank. Andy, go ahead. <laughs> what do you got? I just think that the goalie situation is kind of reverting back to the mean. Allen is probably better than he was last year, and now he's he's sort of proving that. Bennington, he you're right, he was he stood on his head all last year, so you had to expect a little bit of fall, you know, fall back. But I think the overall equation equation comes out to this is a pretty good goaltending tandem. Now, my one thought on the tandem, and I've always thought this, that when you get to the deadline. If Jake is a top 10 goalie, and you know, up until the shelling in Las Vegas, he was a top three goalie, that somebody's going to offer you a deal you can't refuse, and you make that great asset move, you know, at the deadline. But then I threw that theory today at Kelly Chase on the radio, and he said, you know, if you do that, then you're one injury away from your season ending. So maybe you just play it out and have this great asset doing nothing during the postseason, but it's a great insurance policy. I might say it's, 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 it's a great problem to have if you're head coach Craig Berube, right? I mean, to have two stud goalies to help you out in the playoff push. And, and what did Cam Jansen say last year? The teams that win the Stanley Cup are the teams with the best goalie. And if you have two of the top goalies in the NHL, I think that's a good problem to have for the Blues. The Blues are set up organizationally pretty well at goaltender, too. Who so? I, I guess he's not quite thought of as high as he maybe was right when they drafted him. I don't know that much about him, but they've got another younger guy who just won uh, with Canada mm-hmm. in the juniors there who, who seems to be pretty good as well. Jake Allen, though, of all goalies with 10 games, 7th in save percentage, 10th in goals against average, he's been really good. And I know the fans, fans are happy to see that because he was always a good guy, and it's good to see him back. Mm-hmm. In the good graces. Speaking of goalies, a year ago today, Jordan Bennington's first start in Philadelphia. Who'd have thought 12 months ago we'd be talking about him like we are today? It's it's really been nuts. And watching some of the content people are putting out today, he actually did admit he was nervous after that first game. (laughs) I mean, who knew, you know, besides like Lou Korak and Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman, who knew anything about this guy a year ago today. It's amazing what he's done in this short period of time. He went from a nobody to a household name in St. Louis. And I think that start probably came just, I don't want to say out of desperation, but they'd run out of options. Oh, yeah. And so 
It wasn't it, Craig Berube saying it, it, it makes it, it makes yeah. a, it makes it look like a crystal ball genius move. Yeah. Let's touch on another big reason the Blues are at the top of the West. Alex Petrangelo, who's probably playing the best hockey of his career, he's really been on another level since the end of the playoffs last year. He 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 was one of their best players in the Stanley Cup Finals, I thought. He's got 12 goals already, 23 assists. He's plus eight, five power play goals. I, this is the best I've ever seen him play, and it's coming at the right time for the Blues and for him personally because he knows he's due for a big paycheck here. Well, it's the biggest question, as we all know, in 2020. Um, I think that, you know, because he's married a St. Louis girl, because he's the captain of a Stanley Cup champion, that he'll end up taking a little less. I just can't picture Doug Armstrong, the smartest guy in the room, allowing this guy to leave town. Uh, I know there's only so much he can do with a salary cap, but I just can't picture him. You know, if he goes to Canada, the tax situation's a lot worse, so... Remember when they made the Falk trade, though, we were thinking, okay, maybe this is their insurance if they don't sign Petrangelo. Falk hasn't quite been as good as everybody. He's been better than he started. Uh, But I remember when we made that trade, the talk was, okay, this is the guy to fill in for Petrangelo if he goes. Well, the best thing for Petrangelo is that Colton Pareko doesn't score goals anymore and that Falk has not been what we thought he'd be. It increases his value here, but as we mentioned, there's a cap. There's only so much you can do. So do you think they part ways with some young talent to keep him? Well, the young talent's not the issue. It'll be, you know, look, Jake Allen's contract can't be on the books next year, I don't think. And maybe they can move someone else making money. The young kids are not the issue. It's Because they're not going to have to get paid for a little while still. That's what makes it great. Yeah, it's going to cut into the veteran depth, no question about that. Let's talk All-Star Weekend a bit here because it's just a few weeks away. The excitement's starting to build. We're talking about it here at the station. Blues have three All-Stars, O'Reilly, Petrangelo, and Jordan Bennington, the most in the NHL, deservedly so. All those guys are worthy. But David Perron should have been there already. I think he's going to get there now with the fan vote. Uh, it's just kind of criminal to keep him off the team. I, You know, they say they don't care that much, but Perron did say he cared. Somebody asked him on Twitter, and he said, yeah, this means a lot to me. My kids want to see me play. I've never done it. It's a, it's at home. I love to play in front of the fans. I think uh, St. Louis is going to get him in with the final vote, and they should. I mean, how do you keep a guy that's leading the team in points, you know, off the all-star roster or up there in points, you know? he's He's been one of the key players for the Blues this entire season, and I think um, – He's maybe just not a big name as the other two. They got three. Well, the NHL him, likes Ryan O'Reilly a lot. Everybody yeah. likes Ryan O'Reilly a lot, which they should. Smith, but the award winner in his hometown yes. needs, needs yeah. to score. Yeah, and, and Bennington, he has to get in. And Petrangelo, he's a captain. It's all understandable, but yeah, he, you'd think too with the games right now because the deadline is the tenth, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And with games tonight and Thursday, and the Blues kind of dominating the headlines here because they're back in town. You'd think that he's going to get a lot of votes here. And, I mean, if you look at the, who he's up against in the Central, I I don't know off the top of my head anymore, but just well, comparing everybody up. Yeah, but Line he's got the best. Kane. Oh, he's statistically. He's got, statistically, he's the best, yeah. yeah. Uh, while you're voting for David Perron, vote for TJ Oshie, too, and Clayton Keller. I think that would be pretty cool. I think Oshie's, <laughs> Oshie's going to get it um, for the Metropolitan Division. That'd be pretty cool to see him back in town. You know, one of the best things about this All-Star Week that's coming up is the fact that at Centene Community Ice Center on that Thursday night at 7 o'clock, there's going to be 80 legends of the game, many of them lacing up the skates. I mean, you could see Mario, you could see Gretzky. 
uh, it's going to be, you know, look, the skills competition may be the best part of the All-Star game. The All-Star game may be second, but this could be a close third, seeing the greatest players in the history of hockey all in one little area right next to Hollywood. Casino. I mean, that piece that you did um, last week on the Blues Legends coming back to play, that was pretty cool. So just imagine. They know how to do an yeah. alumni event exactly. here. I mean, yeah. they sold out Push Stadium for the alumni game in the Winter Classic, and that was a spectacle. So you get even bigger names. It should be pretty cool. For and sure. can you name a franchise that is more connected to their alumni than the Blues are? Good point. Yeah. Uh, let's Let's move on here. A little topical today. Uh, the XFL rules have been released. We're recording this on Tuesday. And as a lifelong Battlehawks fan, oh boy, <laughs> I like the rules. So let's get into a few of them here. Let's talk about the point after touchdowns first. No kicks. It's going to be a tiered system in the XFL. You get one point if you convert from the two-yard line, two points if you convert from the five-yard line, three points from the 10-yard line. So an 18-point game. Is a two possession game still? I like it. The biggest question is how much are the kickers getting paid? Because what yeah. what are they doing? Just doing kickoffs? That that's the easiest job in the world. I well, they like. kick yeah. field goals still. I think the best part about it is the running clock, even after um, an incompletion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just or it's out of a bounds. so uh, the yeah. timing is another cool thing here. The clock is going to run continuously except for the two minute warning. Then I think after yeah. the two minute warning, it'll stop on. Out of bounds. If you can make it like two and a half hour games, that's the great thing about like college basketball. Those are two hour, you know, time frames. Um, College football games are getting to be insane now. NFL games are pretty tough from time to time. Baseball games are brutal. If you can make this a quick two hour game, yeah. yeah. And Mm -hmm. the fact that a season ticket is going to cost you a hundred bucks, you know, it's it's five games, twenty bucks. I think they're going to draw 28,000 that first game. Hey, their slogan is less stall, more ball. So it's all about it's all about speed here. You've been waiting to get them to break that. <laughs> is that the Battlehawks or the whole That's the XFL. XFL. That's less what they said with their with their rules. I like the OT shootout style. It's better than I think any football thing. It's definitely better than the NFL formula right now. No it, ties. Anything is better than five that. Five possessions, best of five. I, I think it could be a lot of fun. I, I'm excited to see how it plays out. I told Andy in the sports office, this is it. We'll remember the day. It's just a matter of time before the XFL takes over the NFL. This is what we'll be talking about. Not really. Okay. <laughs> Let's go go some hoops here. Uh, Slew Billikens back in action tomorrow. They escaped with a win over UMass this weekend. A little bit worrisome, but we were just talking in the sports office. The A-10 overall is pretty good this year, so really good. so not too much a cause for concern, right, Frank? No. I, look, I'll take a victory. My theory is that there's like 100 great college players, and then there's like about 1,000 even, and everybody's got players. So UMass, who didn't have a great record and not that highly regarded, they had a kid – you know, that Indiana and Louisville and Kansas wanted. So they, everybody's got players. You win a game, that's it's a pass-fail thing, they pass. So I'm, I'm pleased with it. Every game is going to be competitive in the A-10 from here on out. I mean, everyone's gunning for slew. They 18 champions last year, so they want to be able to show that they can knock off the champions. Meanwhile, slew has to overcome an obstacle, losing Gibson, Jimerson, a big blow to their team and what he can do offensively. Still some guys trying to find their role. Coach Ford said the other day they should all know their role by now. You know, it's been forever since they started with one another. But uh, Tay Weaver said he loves playing with his team. They have player-only meetings all the time, and they're built for this, and they can't wait to showcase that. Who's the guy that has to step up now? Is it Jacobs? That seems to be kind of what the— Yeah, and Travis had a great heart-to-heart with him and just told him, you're not getting it done. We need more from you. Because you lose Jimerson and Thatch, 
you got to have somebody who can knock down a shot yeah. besides Tay Weaver. God bless Jordan Goodwin and Hassan French, but they are not knocking down 18-footers. No. And this guy's a good shooter. He's a good player. Javante Perkins also has a step yeah. up. Shout out French and Goodwin real quick. The only tandem in the country, teammate tandem, averaging a double-double. Mm -hmm. Jordan Goodwin is just a beast on the boards. Only guy under 6'5 in the country in the top 50 in rebounding. That's pretty impressive. So SLU, they're back tomorrow. Who do they have tomorrow? George, George Washington. Washington. So they're in the middle of their A-10 schedule. Should be a lot of fun. People have been coming out to the games, too. It's a fun environment down at Chaffetz. Yeah. They had two billionaires sitting front row. <laughs> they had nearly uh, 9,000. Not, not, I was just going to say, yeah. not including, including Fred. You, huh? yeah. I actually washed both their shoes after the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last thing here real quick because it's kind of fun to think about. We'll have a lot of Cardinals talk ramping up with the winter warm-up and spring training on the way. There's some Nolan Arenado rumors out there. The Cardinals are one of the teams people are talking about. It seems far-fetched to me, but it is fun to think about because he's one of the five best players in baseball, in my estimation. What would be your hypothetical package you would send to Colorado for Arenado? Well, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, Dakota Hudson has to be in it, and either Carlson or Gorman has to be in it, and then you put O'Neill and someone else. It's a four-for-one four deal. I, I was going to yeah. say it's going to take at least four guys to get him, and you're going to have to. Part with with Gorman or or uh, and I would do Carlson. that at a heart. Oh yes, I mean, yes. well having the, those two guys at the corners, yeah, Goldschmidt and Arenado, and that's why Gorman would probably be the easiest to let go of because you know Arenado's probably gonna gonna yeah. be around for well, several years. There's let go given of Carpenter up, too. Yeah, he well, can go. just throw yeah. him in there. Yeah, he can go. Yeah, he'll go to Kansas City. <laughs> so you throw in the prospects that might not be the part that's hanging it up. Then you got to take on that contract that he signed in Colorado already. That might be what they not don't well, want to do. Are we you, cutting into the grandkids' trust funds? Exactly. <laughs> the, the last thing that any of us should ever be concerned with is the DeWitt grandchildren's <laughs> trust fund. I'm not going to argue with you there. Thing. Frank, a question that I'm sure a lot of people will want to ask you. What is it about the Cardinals, and why won't they spend money to get these top-name free agents? Well, you know, you do look at their, their overall salary structure, and it's top 10 in the league. Mm -hmm. So I, I wouldn't call the DeWitts cheap. They've missed out on some of these free agents, but it's not like they didn't offer Stanton a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, they've been in there. They've been finalists for a lot of these. It's things. not just the Cardinals either. I mean, yeah. uh, the other the Red Sox are actively like trying to get worse and shed payroll. Yeah, they want to get rid of the best one of the five yeah. best players in baseball, Mookie Betts. And they're also under investigation right now. They are for stealing signs in twenty eighteen. <laughs> just that, to throw that out. First thing I said when I walked in, I think, imagine that a Boston team under investigation <laughs> for cheating. Back to back world champions with this issue. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Sports Plus Podcast. That's it for this episode. We'll be back next week. Make sure to download, subscribe, and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts.